Hello, I'm Joe, and welcome to another 9320 Nil History special. As we cover the second part in this two part series covering the tumultuous reign of Peter Swales. And I'm also happy to report that again joining me in the boardroom with Mr. Swales is Howard and Chris. Um, Howard, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad at all. Uh, yourself? I believe, uh, yeah, I'm good, but I believe you may have some, uh, some, some goss, some gossip. On this Swales era, from from our I communications. To... Well, I I, yeah, I found a friend yesterday who's a lot more who was around the people at the time. Uh, perhaps not Swales himself, but those in the board, without naming names and other stuff. And has got a few years on me. Uh, no offence to him, about ten years. But uh, you know, and worked in accountants and, and that sort of stuff. And yeah, so I had a chat with him yesterday. Who told me. Stuff that kind of reinforces what I thought was the situation anyway, so. Interesting. Very All in the time. All Foreshadowing. In the time. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> Chris, how are you? You you okay, mate? How is it going? Uh, yeah, hi guys. Yeah, I'm good. I think this is my first pod of 2024. And uh, sadly, yes, uh, Christmas is now behind me. And I'm well and truly back onto the treadmill. Which uh, in work-wise, I don't see this as a treadmill, but uh, but I am intrigued, Howard, now about what um, intelligence you've been given, and uh, to see mm. how that impacts on my on my perspective of things. I agree. It's kind of it felt very different looking back. Well, doing a bit of background for this part rather than the first part, it reminded yeah. me of certain emotions and feelings. So yeah. It's worse. In the reality yeah. history. Worse, yeah, it felt yeah. it felt worse looking back on this one than the first part. Maybe because this is part, you know eighty three onwards is where my journey began. So it kind of yeah, largely mine so, as well. Yeah. So personal experience is part of this, even if I've forgotten a lot yeah. of it. Whereas the first part wasn't, and I guess so much of it is this as we'll come to is like a what if and what could have been different. Yeah. But hey, you don't change your history because then maybe two thousand eight doesn't happen, or you know, butterfly effect, or domino, or whatever it's called. So, no regrets now. But there is a lot of what if uh, in this part too. I think. Mm-hmm. I think contextually, this pod, this episode should, should should chime quite well with the hot potato one that came out earlier this week. Yeah. In terms of around entitlement. And the context mm. of entitlement and history, so I think I think it's quite a nice little double bill, maybe they complement yeah. each other. I think that's very key to the end to the Peter Reed reign. Yeah, expectation against entitlement. It's a constant part of a football fan's life. Yeah. Howard, is that your private jet that's just landing in your garden? <laughs> no, no, it's the helicopter <laughs> taking off. So ah, good stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> It's my insider at City. He's just. Uh, is that what it is? <laughs> just he's just left. Okay. He's yeah. just left to uh, <coughs> Abu Dhabi. So yeah, <laughs> can't say anymore. No, it's it, Cuban heels HQ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more realistically, it was probably a misfiring boiler. So. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's um, worth just noting, um, uh, given the sad news of our former manager Sven Joran Eriksson's. Um, diagnosis with terminal cancer that everyone at 
9320 and in the Manchester City family and community wishes him all the best and, and the best wishes to his family also. He was uh, actually, despite the success of the modern era, for some reason he just ranks, ranks very highly amongst my favourite City managers, not just as a manager but as a character and how he how he uh, held himself as a very dignified man, similar almost to, to the Bobby Robson uh, kind of mould I would suggest just someone who emanates a lot of class so very sad news uh, today so I think um, yeah. so just adds as well sorry if I'm uh, yeah, involved in the Friday show we'll try and uh, have a section on there looking back at what that meant that season as well so on the Friday show definitely be spending a bit more time on that and yeah definitely I reiterate your thoughts Joe Sorry, Chris. You yeah, were well, say. no, yeah, well said, John. And I don't think I'll be on the Friday show. So just to say, I always view Ericsson's time with us in that season as the best holiday romance we've ever had. In terms of it, it never felt completely real, and and it was kind of here. It was here. It kind of it was here, and then it was gone as quickly as it came. But it it was the particularly the first half of the season was so much fun. That's what I remember about it. Everything felt positive. And his character and his demeanour and the things that he said and just this kind of, you know, there was there was just this kind of loose, kind of cool air about him. So for that season, yeah, he was just he was just so much fun. And obviously I hope that his his the rest of his journey now is not is not too painful and uh, he get he get, has all the support that he needs around him. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on then. Um, let's just recap where, where we were on the back of what was a bumper first pod. We've got a lot to live up to, lads. Um, so essentially, um, we capped how Swales came into the club um, in the early 70s uh, following a boardroom dispute, um, primarily over the future of, of the Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison partnership. Uh, he inherits a club that has, has been quite successful really with one of the, the best supported um, attendance figures in the country uh, we, we'd won multiple trophies which we touched on um, just prior to his arrival and we did win one in 76 as well as the League Cup in 74 um, but that was all very much short lived because by 1983 which is where we closed the last pod uh, City had just been relegated against Luton Town into second division meaning that for the first time since 1966 the club were no longer um, in the in the top flight of English football which given City's stature at the time <clears throat> was a big shock not just to, to, to those involved with the club given that we were relegated as we'll touch on a fair few more times over the coming years but that initial one in 83 for a club of, of City standing at that time um, you could argue really was one of the first major clubs of the, the kind of mass televised era obviously nothing compared to today but in terms of you know the looting game and everything that meant, um, which brings me to my first point, and um, I'll start with you on this, Chris. Um, City's fall from grace as one of the leading English clubs of the nineteen seventies. Um, I guess in the fa- in in the fans' eye, the aim to anyone who specifically would have lived through that era was to to recapture that status. Um, mm. 
I mean, as an example, you, you, you see Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest winning European Cups in the early 80s, having been second-tier teams not long before. Um, Everton, who had kind of started the 70s very well, but then became pretty average. We all know some of the fantastic teams they had in the 80s and, and Ipswich Town under Bobby Robson. You, um, we were just saying offline, you know, were, were kind of... That really key, and the same for you, Howard. Actually, that really key point for any football fan in my mind, where you start going, it's it's the most vibrant part of your memory as a football fan. I feel. Growing up, did did you guys? And I'll start with you first, Chris. As I said, did did you feel that City could restore themselves as a club competing at the top, or was it always just about going to the match and what will be will be? I think if if I'm if I'm candid about it. At, at that time in 83, I, pro- I didn't quite have that, the sort of uh, capacity to, to analyse it in that way, really, of, of, of like, kind of, you always think short term, don't you? And and it's like, how can we immediately resolve this? I think what I do recall, so, so when we got relegated, um, it was just before I turned 13, but I think, as I said in the last part, it was the it was the replay of the FA Cup final in '81 that really that was my rite of passage, very much to become a City fan. I was always going, but there was just something about the, to lose in the manner that we did. It it, it was a very kind of. Um, it was a very consolidating experience for a City fan because you because you then had a choice: am I in or or am I out? And actually, I thought, no, I'm in. Absolutely, I, I couldn't quite articulate what it was, but I knew I was in. So to go from that to just two seasons later to be relegated, despite all the hope that that that, that, that FA Cup final had brought, was quite you know was quite a sort of stunning experience and and at that age I didn't really think I, I didn't really think about okay can we recapture our status my first question was what happens now because we're, we've been relegated because you know what does that actually mean and obviously just what it meant was <laughs> the next season in a lower um, division so I didn't ever really looking back I can I can look at it with analysis and, and to see okay was there scope for that and, and and so looking back with the benefit of hindsight I think what was most shocking was the sort of almost the bipolar quality of the club as we went from these fantastic heights to suddenly get, to go as low as is possible in terms of top flight I think your examples of Villa I mean, Everton have not been out of the top division for, God knows, I think it's a record. I think the longest holding ones have never been relegated to the top division. But Villa was a very, and Forest, it was a slow descent. And and Ipswich was as well, really. Whereas City's fall from grace just felt so sudden. And And I do think this period from 83 to 93 really embodies that. It was just these sudden jolts of activity and reactivity to just try and get the shortest term possible, the, the shortest term solution possible. The problem is, is the more you try and, the longer you try and do short term solutions, the longer term the problem becomes 
because of malaise sets in. So, no, I wasn't really conscious of that, but I, 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 I was just in a state of shock that just over, you know, a relatively short period of time, we'd gone from something, potentially something magnificent at the height of English football to be out of the top. Uh, division. So the notion of whether we could recapture status, actually, if I'm honest, was not on my mind at the time. It's just a case of what happens now, what happens to the club, what yeah. happens to the well, match experience. Yeah, because I was nine in 1983, so I'm not doing some long-term analysis or evaluation. I don't, I don't know what to expect, as you said, Chris. I, sh- I should have been old enough to remember the 81, but my first proper memory is that relegation, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. But in a way, it can hurt more as a kid. But football results, bad football results can hurt more as a child than as an adult. But in another way, you're not over-evaluating it. It's not like the modern world. It's like you move on, we've been relegated, that's sad. And I guess the main issue, I think we said at the end of the last one, is that I think United won. United, you're not the powerhouse that they would soon become uh, by the end of this uh, Swales reign. But they had just won the FA Cup, and I guess it's more about school and the playground, and you know how mm. you feel there. And supporting a team that's failing as a kid was the main issue. Not thinking about the wider picture of why did it all go wrong, and and so on and so forth. Uh, but obviously, now we're older and wiser. That is exactly what we're now going to do and try and work out what on earth did happen in the next decade. Indeed. And uh, to start this decade following relegation, City appoint one of the Lisbon Lions. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think uh, he might have been the captain of the Celtic team that won the European Cup in 67. Um, could be wrong on that, but he was a key part of it. The first British team to win the European Cup, and that's Billy McNeil, um, which was a big appointment for the club. And uh, again, it goes to point to the, the stature of City, even after relegation, that they could prize a manager of Billy McNeil's um standing from Celtic at that time. Uh, he takes over the club in 1983. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a season of consolidation after the shock of relegation in 84, uh, but he does ultimately lead the club back to promotion um, after a, a nervy game at Notts County where we could have gone up, uh, but in typical City fashion failed to do it. A <clears throat> bumper crowd awaits City versus Charlton Athletic on the final day of the 1984-85 season. Um, I think the reality from many who went that day, and I'm assuming at least one of you, if not both, were at that game that day, uh, is that the kickbacks and, and main road was absolutely full to its rafters in the days before all seats stadiums. And of course, in typical Peter Swales fashion... Uh, the attendance was reported as uh, surprisingly lower than it looked, but we'll leave that there. Seasonally um, adjusted figures. Yeah, City absolutely thrash Charlton, um, and I think it's it's testament to Billy McNeil's management and and the club at that time that they make shrewd signings like uh, Mick McCarthy. Uh, Phillips comes in, he plays a key role in that promotion run. I think Jim told me was was really knocking in the free kicks when we at Stamford mm. Bridge. Um, but it's clear that so the David Phillips of, era, yeah. Yeah, David Phillips scored in that game. That McNabb came in. McNabb was one of my first favourite players as well. So. Oh yeah, he'll come up again in this pod. But um, essentially, whilst the good signings, it, it is quite clear by this point that City are operating on a a fairly tight budget compared to the return of uh, 
Malcolm Allison at the end of the last pod. Um, what was your feeling as 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 we went into that eighty five eighty six season back in the first division? I mean, Swales at this point. <laughs> I I don't really get an understanding as to when I I always get told by my family members who who followed the club home and away at that time that that, that there was constant boardroom. Um, protests outside the the old main stand all the time during the Swales era, but would they have been prominent at this time, or do you think he would have alleviated the pressure off himself naturally by the appointment of Billy McNeil and the the restoration of the club into the first division, Howard? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, Go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.